appreciated. Out of bounds. Welcome to Out of Bounds. I am here for the NFL Week 7 recap. Um, basketball season is about to start. I'm sitting here in my OKC Thunder hoodie. Super excited for that. Sports are, you know, at their peak, honestly, at this time of the year. Um, the MLB World Series is coming up. Uh, basketball season, like I said, is about to start. NFL is reaching midseason. Sports are just a full go right now, um, especially after a very long summer without sports. I'm super excited for this time right now. Um, but like we already had our NBA season preview podcast, so if you guys didn't check that out, uh, didn't check that out, please make sure to do so. Um, I actually had Shruth and Vish with me. Shout out Shruth and Vish for hopping on with me. Um, we actually talked for like two and a half hours on just NBA over under, so it was crazy. Um, but it feels good to get back to the NFL. Um, as always, you know, every week in the NFL is super interesting. There's lots going on, lots of takeaways. Um, it's super dramatic as well, honestly. Um, and you know, obviously here on our on my podcast, Out of Bounds, we love talking about everything that goes on with that. Um, yeah, week seven in the NFL. I thought there were tons of upsets, lots of weird games, some bad officiating, which we'll definitely get into. Um, yeah, but a good a good slate of games to recap. So let's get right into it. Um, I'm going to start with um, the Buffalo Bills at New England Patriots. And the Patriots come away with an upset win, 29-25 over the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, the Bills fall to 4-3. and three. They've had a couple of weird games um, that they've played. You know, like, there are games where they just seem to kind of come out flat. And then there are other games where they go try hard and they just, you know, destroy the other team. Like, we saw their, you know, insane victory against the Dolphins where they just, like, kind of put them away. Um, and then they had, a, like, a pretty shaky game against the Giants that, you know, ended up in a loss. Or, sorry, in a loss for the Giants. They ended up, you know, sneaking out that win. But then this game I thought was super similar to their, you know, weird fluky game that they had um, against the Giants. And But this time, you know, you can only make so many mistakes um, before the other team gets to you. And this time the Patriots came away with a win. Um, it was pretty impressive. I, I thought, uh, you know, like the Bills were sloppy on offense and defense. But you have to give credit to the Patriots for coming out firing and executing for sure. Um, I thought in the beginning of the game, they're, you know, they were moving the ball with ease. Um, Mac Jones, who struggled a ton this year, he was actually pretty good in this game. Uh, he completed 25 of 30 passes, 272 yards, two touchdowns. He was only sacked once. Um, and, you know, uh, Ramondre Stevenson has been, you know, their featured back. He didn't do much on the ground, only nine carries for 34 yards. But on that final drive, he had a ton of big plays through the air. Um, he had six catches for 51 yards with a long of 34. And it felt like a majority of those 51 yards um, came on that last drive where he set them uh, up for a go-ahead touchdown to Mike Gusecki, I believe. Um, yeah, I mean, on the Bills side, like, it was just like a weird game. Like, if I'm comparing the two offenses, I thought, you know, a lot of the Patriots receivers were just running, like, wide open. And, like, Mac Jones was getting the ball. They had so much room to run. Like, their receivers were making a lots of moves in the open field, like, especially uh, Demario Douglas. Um you know, even Kendrick Bourne had a couple of good plays. Like, Farrell Brown had a couple of big catches. 
this is like the first time that you kind of see like the Patriots offense like clicking this season. It felt like, you know, Mac Jones was like distributing the ball. Like everyone is making plays. They're playing with energy. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott was pretty good. And overall, like they were just a lot more physical, I thought, than the Bills. Like they were like really sticking it to them. Um, lots of physical runs with Ramondre and Ezekiel. Uh, you know, their tight ends, you know, the Patriots love throwing to their tight ends. Those guys were pretty physical in this game. Um, let's go a little bit to the Bills side. Josh Allen, he was 27 for 41, 265 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Like a pretty modest game for Josh Allen's standards. The one thing that I thought was pretty interesting is just in comparison to the Giants, like, or sorry, the Patriots, um, you know, the, the, like Josh Allen, it looked like a lot of the passes, he was like running for his life and trying to complete like the most insane passes, like in small windows, like on the rope, like after he's moving around to avoid pressure. And, you know, like that works for like some moments of the game, but you can't have like every single drop, uh, drop back be like that. Um, I thought like they had a couple of bright spots for sure on offense, like James Cook. He made a bunch of big plays in this game. Uh, he had 13 carries for 56 yards, three catches for 46 yards and a touchdown receiving. Um, he's been like super explosive. And I don't know, like in the past couple years, like a dynamic running back like that is actually what the Bills offense was kind of missing. They just never really used it. And it's weird that like now they have that, but still like they haven't put together like insane you know offensive performances as of late and I don't know I'm not gonna you know sit here and like say that their season is doomed it's just a little bit like weird that they've had like these weird games you know as of late um I mean but like you know Bill Belichick on the Patriots side like he is a great defensive minded coach he does a great job of you know limiting the offense um for the most part like he did a great job of you know stopping Stephon Diggs but Stefan Diggs made that insane play where he like got tackled. It looked like he was going to get tackled and he just like got he got up, spun around like two guys and scored a touchdown. I thought that play was insane. Um let's see. Dalton Kincaid had a pretty good game with eight catches for 75 yards. Um you know, lots of like leakouts where he's kind of just running a, a shallow crosser and he's running for some after that. His longest was only 15 yards. Um but yeah, I mean it, like, it was just so weird to me, like, how similar this game was to that Giants game. Like, everything towards the end, like, seemed, like, the same. Um, you know, let, let's go. Just a quick recap of the end, right? Um, the the Patriots score the touchdown to, uh, let's see, what was that? I think it was, um, yeah, so it's, it's the short pass to Kendrick Bourne. The Patriots score. Um, Mac Jones tries to run it in for the two point conversion that fails. The Patriots are up 22 to 10 at this point with like seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. So it seems like they have a pretty easy victory on their hands. Um, but then the bills go absolutely crazy. The next drive, um, you know, they have a huge, uh, sorry, huge play to Stefan Diggs. That's the one where he scores after that. The one where he spins out of it and, uh, scores a touchdown, then immediately on the next drive, the Patriots fumble, and it's like, oh, no. Like, they fumble on their side of the ball, too. Like, they're literally at the their uh, own 29-yard line, um, and, and they fumble, and the Bills get the ball back. So at that point, it seemed, like, inevitable the Bills were going to score. Um, they get it. You know, they, they uh, managed to get all the way to the one-yard line. Josh Allen just runs it in at that point. Um, they score. They're up three. They're up three at that point, you know. 
Um, and then the last drive was just utterly insane by the Patriots. Uh, the Bills' defense was so sloppy. Like the first, like they're one minute forty nine seconds left. The first play is like a short pass to Ramondre Stevenson, who runs it for thirty four yards. And at that point, it's like okay, like now in seven seconds, they pretty much just got to the Buffalo side of the field. Like they have plenty of time now. A minute forty two seconds to uh, you know just get through half the field isn't that much. Um, and then after that, they slowly go through, you know, Hunter Henry pass for 14 yards, pass to Devontae Parker, Ramondre, Steven again, or Ramondre Stevenson again for 10 yards, takes us to a seven-yard line. Um, and then after that, you know, they get a pass interference call um, set up at the one-yard line, quick slant to Mike Gusecki. It's so similar. Like, literally, the Giants tried this, a very similar pass to Darren Waller, and it failed. Like, I guess maybe Darren Waller was on the line of scrimmage. Um, and that's like the pass interference controversial one. I, you remember that from like last week. Um, but it was so similar in the fact that they converted it. I wonder if it's kind of like football karma where it's like, you know, like the Bills, like maybe they shouldn't have won that last game. Maybe they did commit a flag and then the football gods are just kind of setting it right for them. Um, but super exciting game, like lots of like, you know, back and forth there towards the end. Um, and a pretty big upset here uh, with the Patriots stealing one at home against the Buffalo Bills. Um Let's go on to the next game. Uh, for all of my Giants fans who listen to this podcast, this one is for you guys. Um, at first, I was going through the games. I was like, I don't know really what to include. But I was like, you know what? Let's put the Giants here. The Giants had a good win. I've kind of ragged on them a lot throughout the season. Not because of me, because of how bad they've played. But for one week, everything is bright in Giant World. So let's go and take a look at that. Um, <laughs> uh, Tyrod Taylor, he... Had a pretty great game. Um, I've talked about it before. Like, Tyrod Taylor, like, the offense looks different, man, with him out there. Um, in case you were wondering, the Giants beat the Washington Commanders 14-7. to um, Tyrod Taylor had a, you know, decent, pretty good game. 18 for 29, 279 yards, and two touchdowns. Like, for your backup quarterback, like, you will take that any day of the week. Like, that's a great performance by him. Um, and, you know, the one thing I will say about him is... His his floor is just higher than Daniel Jones at this point. Like, with him, like the offense is actually churning. Like, he he was able to use Darren Waller. Darren Waller has been on this team for like seven weeks now, and I really did not feel like the Giants made like a concerted effort to get him the ball. And I don't know if that's on Brian Dable or if it's on Daniel Jones, but like, just start spamming Darren Waller. Like, good things are gonna happen. Like, he is one of the top receiving tight ends in the game. Like, you made a big trade for him. He should be, like, a underneath security blanket. Like, he should be your target on third down. Like, he's a huge guy. He can run like a wide receiver. Like, he can get open. You just have to be committed to throwing him the ball. Um, and you have to have a quarterback who's confident enough to do that. I thought a lot of times, like, you know, if it's a tight end, like, sometimes you have to, like, just rip the ball in there. Like, it's going to be, like, close coverage. They're not going to be running, like, wide open every single time. And I thought Tyrod Taylor did a great job of that in this game, particularly on that touchdown pass that he had to Darren Waller. Woo, that was like with, between three dudes. Tyrod Taylor was like little, like a little, little right up and through. <laughs> it it was fire. He it was a great touchdown pass to him. Um, but yeah, Darren Waller seven catches, ninety eight yards, um, one touchdown on the day. Finally, he's there. Um, he connect and like another thing about Tyrod Taylor, he is great at that like deep outside pass. Like he just like really throws it up high, drops it right in the bucket. Um, Jalen Hyatt had two catches for seventy five yards. He played great. Um, 
you know, for the, it was a great performance by the rookie. And they got Saquon involved too, like 21 carries, 77 yards. They're committed to getting Saquon the carries, which is what this Giants offense needs. He had three catches for 41 yards as well and one touchdown on the ground. Like, Saquon is a good receiving running back. Um, I'm just happy that the Giants are finally, like, figuring out how to use their offensive pieces. Like, this offense should be built around Waller in the receiving game and Saquon in the in the run game. And, like, you got to get creative and you got to start using your offensive playmakers. That's how you get on a struggling offense to, you know, like, not struggle anymore. Like, this is the NFL. Like, pretty much every team has a couple of good players on offense. Like, there is no team that's, like, that bad where, like, your offense is, like, so poor and, like, they don't have, like, any playmakers. Like, they are professionals. Like, you just have to be creative and be committed to getting them the ball and come up with some, you know, creative plays to do that. Um, from the Washington side, I don't know. Like, this team confuses me. Like, they have a ton of, like, receiving weapons, right? Like, Terry McLaurin, he's a dog. Like, he will keep you, the commanders, in, like, any game just because, like, you can throw up anything and everything to him. And he somehow, like, comes down with the ball, even though he's not, like, the biggest receiver. Like, he's just a dog. Like, he makes insanely contested catches. Um, Sam Howell, a lot of the times, like, it just feels like he throws it up to him and just prays. And Terry McLaurin delivers on that a lot. Um, they also, like, you know, spread the ball around a little bit. Logan Thomas, four catches, 51 yards. Jahan Dotson had five catches for 43 yards. Curtis Samuel had four for 25. Um, the only thing is, like, I guess, you know, Sam Howell is has been, like, the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. This game, he was sacked for 52 yards. Something was off about him, you know. He's had, like, in the past couple of weeks, he's had games where he's had, like, three touchdowns, you know. Um, and he just did not look as comfortable today because of that pressure, it felt like. He looked a little bit rattled. His perception was a little bit off. Um, and, and especially on, like, the interception, like, it was, like, a weird interception where he kind of, like, floated it up there. And, like, the just from what I've seen in him in the past, he doesn't typically make passes like that. So that looked like a little bit out of character, like just like he was a little bit rattled by the pressure. Um, I mean, it's a little bit crazy to me that, you know, the commanders, like the one drive that they scored um, was like right after, uh, I guess, you know, the Giants, um, I think they muffed a punt. Um, yeah, the, the Giants muffed a punt and the, uh, sorry, the commanders got the ball back. Then after that, they only had to go 21 yards to score a touchdown. But every single, like, despite all this yardage that they got from all their wide receivers, they just, like, never ended up scoring, right? Like, one was the Sam Howell uh, interception. Um, there were, like, a ton, only, like, punts in the first half. Um, and then in the second, you know, they, they had, like, a missed field goal after, like, an 81-yard drive. Um, and then in the second one, they went, I guess, like, a not, most of their yardage just came on these two drives towards the end of the game. The one where they missed the field goal and then the one where they turned it over on downs. Um, those drives was eighty were eighty one yards and eighty five yards. So like their entire offensive, you know, like production is coming from those drives. Um, but they were pretty much like unable to score except for the one where they had that turnover. Um, and, and the Giants like they had a couple of like weird plays where you're like, oh man, like they like lost like two fumbles and it felt like those gonna be like because especially because like the Giants offense like you know they played good with Tyrod Taylor, like, their yardage and stats, like, look good, but all in all, they only scored 14 points, so even they still had, like, their issues, uh, and, like, their turnovers and stuff didn't help, obviously, um, Bobby Okereke, again, that man has been balling for the Giants, like, he had 11 tackles in this game, one pass defense, um, he's been a great pickup for them, 
Um, yeah, like just overall good game uh, for the Giants. Like I'm happy they got the win after just suffering this season. Um, even though like score wise it was close, I thought they were pretty much like in control for most of the game. Uh, there wasn't really like a moment where I thought you know that the Commanders might pull away and actually win this thing. Although the turnovers did make it scary, um, and also like the big plays that Terry McLaurin, like I said, like that man be like you know that man is scary. They call him Scary Terry for a reason. It's Halloween. Scary Terry is pretty scary. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, he's just really scary to play against. I don't know how else to say it. Um, yeah, okay, that's enough for my corny Halloween jokes. Um, anyways, um, moving on, let's go to probably the craziest game um, of of the week. I'm going to put this, I can't put it as my favorite game just because the ending was too disappointing to me. But this Cleveland Browns against the Indianapolis Colts, this game was absolutely nuts. This game literally just had, like, everything to it. Like, there was an insane amount of, like, turnovers, quick possession changes, lots of, like, big plays on offense, um, lots of scoring, just, like, weird, like, changes in momentum that were, like, inexplicable. Um, The Browns end up winning this one 39-38. Um, we'll get into how it happens, but let me, so let's talk about this, right? So within, um, let's see the first play or the first drive, the Browns just break open a Jerome Ford 69 yard touchdown. Um, and and it looks like, dang, like, you know, the Colts don't have Grover Stewart. Like this is going to be a long day. Like the Browns are just going to like destroy them. But then the Colts come back in their first drive um miles garrett jumps offside stops rushing the, de- the defense just stops covering um gardner Minshew hits josh downs who had a great game by the way uh in this one for a touchdown then after that you know um deshaun watson is playing at this point you know the first couple of drives and his arm just looks terrible like anytime like he threw deep he just threw an interception and it looked like i was like how is, what is this guy doing like he was just not able to get like any like velocity on any football that he was throwing because literally anytime he threw the ball past 10 yards, the defense was able to just make a break on the ball and intercept it or like get like a pass breakup. And at that point I was just thinking, okay, they did say that he's healthy and he's ready to play, but very clearly like his arm is not there. So why are they trying to play him and put him through this? That injury thing with Deshaun Watson is probably like the most confusing thing about them. Like they, he's been out like three weeks they said he's like it's like an injury that he's gonna deal with. Like okay, but he should be able to throw the ball like past fifteen yards. Um, I don't know what they were doing in practice or what they saw in practice to let him like out there. But like anyone who looked at the first like couple of drives for the Browns, it was very clear like Deshaun Watson should not be playing. Um, so then he it's like weird he gets hurt. They clear him from the injury, but then like they still don't play him. And then it comes out like after the fact that oh like in fact like his shoulder injury was reaggravated. And it looked like he had a concussion. I don't know. There's so much stuff going on with this John Watson. That drama is, like, half of it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, there were just so many possession changes. Like, the first drive, 57 seconds. Two minutes, 25 seconds. For, uh, 44 seconds after the pick. Uh, the Colts punted it within two minutes. The Browns punted it within two minutes. Like, at that point, that's one, two, three, four, five possession changes within, like, the first nine minutes of the game. Which is just ridiculous. Uh, and then that's like the one where the Colts uh, 
I like had the drive where they score uh, with Josh Downs. That ends with four minutes left in the first quarter. Um, so it's just absurd. Like they had so many possession changes um, in the beginning of the game itself. And at that point, I was like, okay, like this game is gonna be so weird. Um, yeah, there, there was just like a lot. Like I thought overall, the Colts played like an insane gra- game. Like the Colts' offense was humming. Like Gardner Minshew was playing well, and against like a Browns defense going into this game, that they were like the best defense, you know, in the NFL up until this point, arguably. Um, Gardner Minshew was like running like he had like a 17 yard rush touchdown where he's like make he's making like multiple moves to make dudes miss and I'm like what is going on so I really don't think like you know Gardner Minshew like I've had a couple of podcasts where I've talked about him as like the best backup quarterback in the NFL I'm still standing on that hill but like he has very clear flaws as to why he is not a starting level quarterback right like Anytime he gets pressured, like anytime he gets sacked in in the pocket, it looks like there's going to be a turnover. And that's literally what happened. Um, He had like, you know, the fumble out of the back of the end zone where like, you know, you can judge the Colts. um, Like you can judge the Colts. Like, I don't know why, you know, they're uh, and he had a couple of fumbles. Like there's the one where Miles Garrett, like literally for the Browns, like he had one of the most absurd games I think I've ever seen for defensive linemen and as a Colts fan I've watched like the games where JJ Watt just like makes like one play and destroys the whole game but this was ridiculous like and as a Colts fan obviously I'm I'm fans of like Robert Mathis Dwight Freeney like these were defensive linemen that were that would like you know just wreck the game on one play like it would be like one play sack fumble turnover touchdown Colts or like that seals the game like it's over um, but Miles Garrett did that like four times in this game. And then we need to talk about the field goal. I don't know if you guys if you guys haven't seen this, like you need to literally go on YouTube and watch this play. But basically the Colts line up for like a 60-yard field goal, which is like another slight mistake on Shane Steichen's part. Um, but literally he lines up for the field goal. Miles Garrett just clears the line. He doesn't even have a running start. I'm pretty sure if he had a running start the play would be like illegal and they would throw a flag on uh, for it because you're not allowed to get like a running start and jump over the line. But Miles Garrett just like box jumped over the line and then he just blocks the field goal and the ball goes the other way. And it gives like, they literally have like a third, like, so, like uh, they have like such like, a short field to work with there. Like they, on- I don't even think they got anything. They only had like a field goal, but still that made all the difference in this game. Um, considering it was a one point game. They just got a free field goal from the Colts by blocking a 60-yard field goal and then just didn't even get it, not even getting any yards, actually. Um, and then uh, they, uh, before that, like, Miles Garrett had another sack fumble on Gardner Minshew where he takes it in. So, I mean, all in all for Gardner Minshew, like, I would say the one out of the back of the end zone was pretty bad. Like, I mean, part of that is on Shane Steichen for calling that in the first place. Like, that was just a bad idea on his part. He shouldn't have done that. But, like, if you're Gardner Minshew, like, Miles Garrett is coming from your, like, visible side. Like, you should be able to see him. It's one thing if he gets, like, blindsided, then I wouldn't blame him because, like, you know, sometimes you just don't see the guy coming. But in this case, he really should have seen the guy coming, and he still didn't. Um, and he, he just, like, turned over the ball a little bit too much, and that put the Colts in such a difficult position, and it made it hard for them. Um, I mean, I would say, like, you know, the Browns, like, didn't really do much on offense. I just thought Miles Garrett, like... Outside of that first, like, Jerome Ford play, like, they had a couple of small plays here and there. But, like, Phillip Walker could not pass the ball at all after he entered the game. 
for Deshaun Watson. Um, he was 15 of 32 for 178 yards and one pick. So, like, he wasn't doing anything against this Colts defense. Um, Jerome Ford had 11 carries for 74 yards. So, after his 69-year touchdown, he got five carries on the ground. Um, Kareem Hunt at 31 yards, 3.1-yard average. He had two touchdowns. Like, he was pretty good. Pierre Strong. Like, they just didn't have much going for them on offense, honestly. It was just the turnovers that, like, put them in such good position that they didn't even have to do much. Like, they had to go, like, 20, 30 yards and score, and that's, like, too easy. Um, other than that, like, I thought the Colts had a spectacular game on offense. Like, other than the turnovers that I mentioned and the sacks from Gardner Minshew, like, Jonathan Taylor had one drive where it looked like he was, like, really back, getting back into form. Um he had, like, a, I think he had a reception for, like, 20 yards um, where he made, like, a nice move, let the block set up, and he had a couple of big plays. Then he just, the Colts just kept feeding him. He just kept dragging them to the end zone. And I think this is probably, like, the first game where he's, like, outrushed Zach Moss and actually scored when Zach Moss didn't. Um, so JT, like, it looks like he's going to be, you know, back to his self, like, sooner rather than later. Um, Michael Pittman, like, barely was involved in this game, but then, all, like, almost had... That, like, you know, that insane touchdown where he just catches a slant, bounces off of two guys, and runs it in for a 75-yard touchdown. That should have been the game-winning touchdown, man. I'm, like, so upset that he didn't, like... That play is just going to go, like, unrecognized because the Colts didn't win on that play. But, like, my God, Michael Pittman. Like, what a play. That that was insane. Um, and Josh Downs, like, has had a spectacular rookie season so far. It seems like he's getting better and better, like, every single game. He's just, like so dynamic he can generate so much space um he had five catches for 125 yards one touchdown um but yeah I mean like you know all in all like this is just such a bad game for the Colts like it's such a disappointing loss I'm curious to see how they can rally behind this you know like after you know losing Anthony Richardson for the season like they had that rough game against the Jaguars Whatever, you could just say the Colts are cursed in, in Jacksonville. This game, it looked like they were ready to make a stand against a pretty good team, but, you know, they end up coming up short at the end. Um, the last drive was ridiculous. I thought, you know, like, um, the Browns are basically, rush, uh, you know, getting getting closer and closer to the end zone um, on their last drive. Um, they have a illegal contact. Like, it's so, like, unfortunate because, like, literally, it looked like the Colts were going to win this game. Um so basically what happens is they get all the way down to like the 13 yard line, right? Like Philip Walker actually had like some decent passes in this one, like to Elijah Moore, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like they got some big plays going. Um, and then basically what happens is third and four at the at the 13 yard line, he gets sacked by EJ Speed, fumbles the ball. DeForest Buckner recovers the ball. It looks like the game is over, like such an epic win for the Colts. Then they call illegal contact. That's like... Okay, like, Daryl Baker got beat on the play, but, like, he didn't really do anything to impede Amari Cooper in the end zone. Like, Amari Cooper just ran right through him. And anyhow, Phillip Walker was not throwing that ball anyway. So it's, like, really, like, rare that you see illegal contact when the ball isn't even thrown. So, like, that was such a weird play. Um, anyway, so that moves them up five yards. And the pass interference was probably the worst call of the game where, like, you know, Phillip Walker throws the ball, like, into the stands and they call a pass interference when like they're hand fighting like it's not even like a clear shove or like a takedown or anything like that i hate that man like at the end of the game like i would rather the refs just you know let it let the let them play um maybe i'm saying that because i'm a colts fan but like i don't know that that's what i would want would have wanted to see um in this case but 
Um, after that, like, you know, they still, the Browns still got the ball and like, they still couldn't do anything. Like they didn't have any timeouts at that point. So they threw the ball three times, didn't get it. Um, and then finally on the last play, the Browns like run the ball and barely get it over for a touchdown. And they get the lead after that. Um, the Colts don't have enough time at that point. They only had like 15 seconds. It would have been pretty impossible to get that, uh, get a field goal off at that point. But, um, very interesting game. Like out of all the games, like this was easily the most exciting. Um, just sucks that it ended like that for the Colts. But overall, if you're an NFL fan, this was an insane game for sure. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Enough about this game. Let's move on about there's the next one. Um, Chargers Chiefs. Uh, so this was an insane game for uh, Patrick Mahomes. He was 32 of 42 for 424 yards and four touchdowns. Like, they were not able to get that much going on the ground. Like, they had 21 carries for 68 yards as a team. But, like, they just kept attempting passes and kept converting. Um, I thought, you know, in, like, a lot of this, most of the scoring came in the first half for both teams. I thought, you know, the Chargers, like, they did, they didn't do a bad job, like, in the first half. Like, they were matching the Chiefs' offense. But then at some point, it just became too much. And the Chief, the Chiefs' defense has been, like, one of the underrated stories of this season. Like, they've been playing fantastic. Like, they had two picks on Justin Herbert. They had five sacks. Um, they just had a bunch of, like, timely plays, it felt like, honestly. Um, like, you know, whenever it's, like, third down and, like, the, the guy catches the ball, the defender on the Chiefs would just make the tackle always short and the, and the Chargers would have to end up punting. Um, they got turnovers at the right time for them, uh, and it really helped the Chiefs, um, you know, come away with a victory in this one. While, like, you know, like, their offense has been kind of, like, inconsistent. Like, I think, you know, everyone expects the Chiefs' offense to go crazy in the playoffs, but so far, they've been a little bit, you know, it's, like, unsure. Like, you don't know what you're going to get in the regular season, but this game, like, they had a lot going for them. Um, Travis Kelsey had an insane performance. 12 catches, 179 yards, one touchdown. His performance was so crazy. Like, they had the commentators talking about, like, you know, the all-time receiving tight end yardage record for one game. And, like, they people were monitoring that stat. So that just shows you, like, how crazy this game was for him. Um, he, he played very, very well. Um, you know, yeah, I, I thought also, like, the, the couple of plays I want to go over – um, that one touchdown at the end, like literally the Chiefs are, or sorry, the Chargers are matching everything the Chiefs do, right? It's like Chiefs kick field goal, Chargers kick field goal, Chiefs score, Chargers score. Um, and then the, the Chiefs score again, Chargers score again. But then that one drive at the end of the half where it's like they have them right then and there, like um, it's second and 23. Like they're probably going to kick a field goal, whatever. A field goal is way, but then you, they get pass interference like in the end zone. Um, and then it's, it's like a, they, yeah, they get pass interference in the end zone. So the ball moves from the 24 yard line all the way to the one yard line with 15 seconds and first and goal. And they do a little shovel pass to Travis Kelsey that looks like it's going to get stopped. And the linemen literally just shove Travis Kelsey over. Like, I don't even think Travis Kelsey moved on that one. So his one touchdown was, like, ridiculous. Like, I don't even think he did anything for that. Um, but, yeah, like, that felt like it was, like, a pretty big momentum shift. But then even then, like, then the game became, like, a little bit weird. Um, like, the, the Chiefs, like, get the ball to start the second half. They drive all the way down. Like, they have the fumble that's recovered by Derwin James. Um, the Chargers have a long drive. But then that ends up in an interception uh, by Le uh, Ladarius Sneed. Um 
Yeah, and then, you know, after that, like, it's a bunch of punts. Um, and the Chiefs end up sealing, uh, you know, they end up uh, have actually having, like, a huge punt return um, by Nicole Hardman, who they ended up trading for. from. They got him back from the Jets. He had a 50-yard punt return, and that was actually the thing that, like, helped the, char- uh, the Chiefs win the game. Because at, at that point, it was just, like, Chiefs up by one score, punt, 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 punt. Um, and then after that, you know, the Chiefs only had to go uh, 35 yards to score a touchdown. Um, they got it to Pacheco, a short screen pass that he ended up taking in. Um, at that point, they were up two scores, and, you know, it just, like, looked like the Chargers' offense had kind of run out of steam. Um, and it was kind of obvious, like, you know, they weren't really going to win the game at that point. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, a weird game. Uh, yeah, like, Justin Herbert was pretty rough, 17-30, 259 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Josh, they had, like, a pretty good running uh, rushing attack, actually. Joshua Kelly had seven carries, 75 yards. Austin Eckler, 14 for 45. Um, and, you know, Joshua Palmer had, like, five catches for 133 yards. Like, they put up big numbers. Just not a lot of scoring, uh, converting in the end zone for them. Like, a lot of drives ended up getting cut short, um, ended up with, you know, the one field goal or, like, turnovers for the Chargers. Like, just a little bit sloppy um, where the Chiefs took advantage of the opportunities that they were given, and they kind of cashed in in the end zone. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, these are the games that the Chargers have to win if they have any hope of ever catching the Chiefs in the division. And, like, it, obviously the season is not over, but it just seems, like, so unlikely that this Chargers team can make a real run for the division now. Like, the Chiefs are 6-1. and one. Like, they're just sitting so far away from all these other teams in the AFC West. And no matter, like, what the Chargers do, no matter what the Broncos do, um it like no matter what the Raiders do like they keep making moves they keep trying to catch up to the Chiefs but there's just like no there's nothing that like happens for these teams to consistently like actually come close to them which is you know that was the word that was a lot of words right there but um yeah I mean I don't know like I just don't see like how does this ever end like how does how does anyone overtake the Chiefs in this division like something substantial would have to happen, like, I, and I don't know what that is, but I don't think it's happened yet. Um, but credit to the Chiefs, man. Like they they came away uh, victorious in this one. They played great. Um, and definitely, you know, made a little bit of a statement um, with this game here. Um, so let me move on to. Uh, I actually I think I'm gonna do uh, like six games actually for the recap, um, just because you know I thought there were a bunch of games so. You guys get one more for the recap. Um, let's talk about this Eagles-Dolphins game. Um, this game was super hyped. You know, this this Miami Dolphins, uh, you know, high-powered offense. The only game that they really got stifled was that Bills one, I thought, where, like, you know, the Bills just kind of destroyed them. And the Dolph- they, their defense really came to play. But this time, the Eagles actually came to play as well. Um, the Eagles' defense only held them to 17 points. Um, they picked off two at once. Um, and, uh, they, I, yeah, they had one interception. I don't, they didn't have any, f- uh, fumbles or anything like that. They did sack, uh, you know, they had four quarterback sacks, uh, on the day. I thought, you know, like it, 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 it seemed like it was going to be back and forth, but like, it just seemed like no matter how the dolphins were targeting Tyreek, the Eagles just played like such good blanket coverage where like they would let Tyreek catch the ball underneath like maybe short for like 5 10 you know anything like less than 10 yards they would just let him catch it uh but then like he would like he would they would always just end up tackling him or run him out of bounds 
So I thought like they did a great job of that. Like Tyreek Hill only had like 11 catches, 88 yards, one touchdown, and he had the 20. He had the touchdown, um, which was like a like the only play he really beat them. But at that point, like they had already marched the ball down there, and it's like too hard to defend him like that. But like any drive that the Dolphins had, where like the field was longer for them, it felt like they did a pretty good job of just coming up and making the tackle um, on Tyreek Hill, and they kept Jalen Waddle in check very similarly too. Like, you know, he uh, he had six catches for sixty three yards only. Um, on the other hand, like this Eagles offense just looks like a well oiled machine. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts twenty three for thirty one. 279 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Uh, DeAndre Swift had 15 carries for 62 yards. Jalen Hurts himself ran it for 11 carries, 21 yards, and he had one touchdown as well. A.J. Brown is continuing like this insane stretch where he just has like over 125 yards receiving every single game. Um, even in this one, he had 10 catches, 137 yards. Like I said, uh, one touchdown. Um, and, and like Dallas uh, Godair at this point is like emerging as like the second like op- really like the second real receiving option just because I don't know they're able to scheme the ball easily to Dallas uh go there like through like screens and like crossing routes and stuff like that I don't know why they don't really they try it with Devontae Smith but it just like doesn't seem to work I don't know why that is it's kind of weird um they definitely still like use Devontae Smith he had four catches for 49 yards but like it just seemed like AJ Brown is like on such a tear like, I really don't think that they're going to, like, stop tar- targeting. Like, he's has 15 targets in this game. That's a lot for any wide receiver. Um, like, Tyree Kill on the other side also had 15 targets. But, like, they are really trying to get A.J. Brown the ball, and it is working. Like, he is tearing up defenses. He is on an insane run right now. Um, I thought, like, you know, even though, like, the Dolphins, they gave up, like, three sacks to Tua. But, like, if you watch the game, like their front they just could not hold up against the eagles like front seven like it felt like they were getting pressure every single time and like that's part of the thing with the dolphins offense right like if you want these guys to run deep and like have the space where they can like break open and like get away for a touchdown you need time to throw and um the eagles defense just did a great job of you know like getting generating pressure and preventing that from happening um and then like you know uh let, let's go through kind of like the scoring drives right um like, the Eagles start off with a field goal. Miami answers with a field goal. Um, the Eagles go up by two touchdowns, but then Miami answers with a touchdown of their own towards the end of the first half. And it looks like Miami will kind of be in it. Um, but then, you know, uh, like, a couple of you get a couple of turnovers. The Miami, or Miami turns the ball over on downs. And then, you know, the Dolphins get a pick six, and it's like, holy snap, they're right in this thing. But then after that, the Eagles just kind of locked in. They had two touchdown drives. Um, one was eight plays, 75 yards. Uh, and another, then another one was 13 plays, 83 yards. But I thought, like, those drives were just so demoralizing. Because, like, basically what happened on those drives is, like, they basically got it into, like, third, fourth and short every single time. Like, whenever it was third down, they would always, like, end at fourth and one. And they just kept going to the tush push. And the tush push is just so demoralizing, like... I've talked about it before on the podcast, but it is just such like an assertion of physical dominance, like knowing that, oh, whenever it's fourth and one, you know what they're going to do. And no matter what you do, you can't stop it. And I feel like another like thing that I haven't maybe talked about it is like, it's so like exhausting, I think, because like 
it's like fourth and one. It's like a huge, like, it's like a massive exertion of energy on boats. Like, at least more so for the defense. Because you're like, bro, if I'm going to try to stop this, like, I'm going to have to sell out as hard as I can on this down. And then, like, once they do it and they end up getting it anyways, like, the defense is just so tired to, like, continue the drive after that. And it just, like, slowly, like, breaks down the will of the opponents. That's literally what the Eagles did. Like, they just, like, do what they do best, which is, like, physically impose their will on um, on the other team's defense. Like, their offensive line is super physical. Like, they run the ball. Like, A.J. Brown is very physical. Jalen Hurts is a physical runner. Like, they are, like, laying the boom, honestly, on whatever defense. And, like, I don't know, man. This, this Eagles team, it's just, like, really hard to not see them, like, getting back to the Super Bowl at this point. Um, they finish this game. They end up six and one. Uh, good game by the Eagles. It's another like you know, it's like another good team that played them. They just made that other team seem like they're on a uh, on like a lower tier. You know, they just seem like they're a tier above, kind of like the Chiefs are, um, which would be super interesting if we get a rematch of last year's Super Bowl. Um, but let's see. Um, yeah, like real quick, uh, let's go. Another game I want to talk about is the Niners Vikings game. Um, this was a pretty interesting game, game as well. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins, he, it was 35 for 45 in this game. 378 yards, two touchdowns. He played pretty well um, comparatively to how he's been playing. Um, Jordan Addison had a monster game. He had seven catches, 123 yards, two touchdowns. He kind of got into it with Charvarius Ward on the 49ers. Like, there was one play where it looked like he caught it, but then Charvarius Ward ripped it away from him. And then he made it was an interception. And there was, like, another play where Jordan Addison rips it away from him. Ends up, like, scoring, like, a 60-yard touchdown where it looked like he just, like... That play was insane. Like, I was shocked. Like, he's, he's like, solid. Like, he looks like a great wide receiver. Um, TJ Hawkinson also had, like, a huge game. Like, he had 11 catches for 86 yards. Um, I think he got... He ended up getting hurt uh, in either in this game or at the end of this game. So, that's not great news for the Vikings. But let's see, uh, you know, what happens. Um... Yeah, but overall, like, they just played, like, good offense. They also got, like, chunk plays on the ground through Alexander Madison and Cam Akers, which is, like, you know, it says a lot, especially against this 49ers defense, which is really good. Um, This 49ers defense has been solid throughout the year, but this game, the Vikings just had the answer for them, honestly. Um, I thought, you know, like, while the Vikings offense was able to get yards, the... Niners defense did a great job of kind of like, you know, um, uh, just forcing them to kick field goals, right? Like they had one touchdown, uh, sorry, two touchdowns. Then after that, they had one, two, three, four, um, four field goals. And then they missed one of the field goals as well. So, you know, the, the, they played like pretty well. Um, yeah, like they just did a great job of holding this team to field goals. And that really kind of shifted it in my opinion. Um, I think that because of that, like it let the 49ers just stay in the game for the most part. Um, You know, I think a lot of the storylines from this game is that like, oh, Brock Purdy played pretty poorly. And after winning so many games, the Niners have lost two in a row and they're kind of reeling. But I think like Brock Purdy's bad game is like greatly over exaggerated. Like he didn't play great. But at the same time, he also like his bad plays were only like the last two drives where he just kind of, like, had a couple of throws where maybe he felt like the game was getting away from him, and he tried to, like, force some throws in there. He didn't have too much velocity, and they ended up being picked off. Um, I mean, let's see how he bounces back. Maybe he actually is getting rattled, and, you know, he's kind of, like, hitting a wall, considering, like, he started as a rookie and never really hit, like, any sort of rookie wall. He just, like, plowed right through it and started playing well. 
Um, but, you know, the 49ers are also missing, like, Debo Samuel, and, and so they're a little banged up, um, uh, especially offensively, uh, even though Christian McCaffrey played and he had a pretty good game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's I'm really interested to see, like, how this 49ers team deals with it, right? Like, literally the last time I talked about the 49ers was when they, uh, you know, um, I was comparing them and the Eagles on this podcast, like, two weeks ago, um, and ever since then, the 49ers have just not looked the same. Um, yeah, like in this game, George Kittle had five catches for 78 yards. Ayuk had five catches for 57 yards. Christian McCaffrey was great. Three catches, 51 yards, one touchdown through the air. He had 15 carries, 45 yards, one touchdown through the ground. Um, but I don't know. Their offense looks a little bit different without Debo Samuel and just like the threat that he poses. Cause they didn't even like Debo Samuel was not getting like 200 yards receiving, like destroying teams, but it's just like a guy that, you know, the defense has to worry about and it makes it a little bit rough for them. Uh, to have to, like, focus in on them, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it was just, that, that's just, it was just a, like, unfortunate game for them. They ended up losing. Uh, Vikings come away with the upset in this one. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to go over this one just because, uh, you know, it was kind of like an upset, and that's kind of what I've been targeting uh, for the most part this week. Um, yeah, so for the three teams, I guess one thing I wanted to discuss for my weekly you know, like the weekly segment I have where I choose something different to talk about. Um, I wanted to shout out three teams that have made a statement this week, in my opinion. I think the Eagles and Chiefs, like I already talked about their game as a recap um, this week. Like they really made statements, in my opinion. Like if you watch both of those games, it really just seems like, oh man, like there is no one that is like on the tier of the Chiefs in the AFC. And like, I think the Eagles and 49ers game is still coming up, but especially with how the 49ers have lost the past couple of games, I think it's pretty hard to like choose the Niners to win against the Eagles now. And the Eagles have such a difficult schedule. Like they are playing like all the Super Bowl like tier teams and they're still 6 and 1. So we'll see like they're still going through that stretch, but like their schedule is insanely difficult. Um and they're still 6 and 1. And they're still, like, playing well and doing their own thing. So I'm, like, pretty convinced that, like, you know, both those two teams are on their own tier. Um, and, you know, when we talk about, t- uh, like, tiers of teams in the AFC, like, other potential challengers, in the past couple of years, it's always been, like, the Bills and the Bengals. Um, but, you know, the Bills have had their share of, like, weird losses so far. Uh, the Bengals have looked, like, pretty terrible as well. I don't think anyone is, like, you know, counting them as a playoff threat. Um, if they even if they sneak in there, like I don't think anyone thinks like they're gonna, you know, make the Super Bowl again. But here's a team that's been kind of you know under the radar that also has played like super well. Um, yeah, like the let's see who would, it was the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens just destroyed the Detroit Lions at home, and these are like two teams that are like you know on like a separate tier where you're like. Okay, they're not Super Bowl contenders, but they're, like, playoff hopefuls. And, like, if everything goes right, maybe they can make it to the AFC Championship game. But the Ravens just pummeled this team. Like, they they won 38-6. to Lamar Jackson at 357 yards, three touchdowns. Um, he was super electric. Like, it just looked like the Lions had no chance. Like, the, the Ravens put up 28 points in the first half. Lamar Jackson also ran the ball for nine, nine times, 36 yards, and one touchdown. Like... This Ravens defense also just sh- completely shut down this uh, the the uh, Detroit offense, which has played so well up until this point. So it was just like a shocking result. 
Um, and, and this is a statement. Like, Lamar is like, he w- maybe in the beginning of the year, he didn't look like as healthy, but now he looks good. And like, this Ravens team looks like they are ready, man. Like, I'm just like, just shouting them out because this is the team that looks like, you know, maybe this year, maybe it's not the Bills, maybe it's not the Bengals. Maybe it's the Ravens that actually come in and challenge um, the Chiefs. And I'd be super intrigued to see if Lamar Jackson, um, hopefully he stays healthy and hopefully he can get there. Um, that, that would be such an interesting AFC championship game uh, to see Lamar go against Mahomes. But, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, I just wanted to talk about these three teams, uh, you know, that made a statement uh, this week. The Eagles and the Chiefs, the Super Bowl contender or Super Bowl teams from last year, along with the Ravens, who are kind of emerging as a contender in the AFC. Um, let's let's follow the Ravens and let's see how they do, you know, throughout throughout the year, and let's see if they can actually, you know, be better than the Bills. Maybe if they can catch a higher seed, um, that'll increase their chances of you know meeting the Chiefs for the AFC Championship game. Um, but that's a team I'm intrigued by and want to follow for sure. Um, yeah, so that about that about does it for this week. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, I'll talk to you guys next week for next week's NFL recap. Thank you. Bye.